Welcome to Mortgage Broker Acceleration with James Vagley and Ash Playstead. Being a successful mortgage broker is not just about offering great rates and great service. You need to become the best marketer, leader and strategist to outthink your competition. If you want to grow your mortgage business and do it smarter, keep listening. If you want to accelerate even faster, visit www.brokerworkshop.com. That's brokerworkshop.com. Now, let's accelerate. Here's James and Ash. Hey, everybody. It's James Vagley here, and welcome to the MBA podcast. Another episode, Ash, and this one's a good one. Um, Living and working with your partner. Ash, for a start, how are you doing today? And have you ever worked with your partner? Well, I'm going great, James. First things first, great to see you back for another week. I am doing really well, thanks. Now, your second question about have I ever worked with my partner? Yes, I have. And I guess for me, that experience lasted about three weeks. So, yes, it was uh, something that we trialled. And as it turns out, Myself and my partner, who I've been together with for more than 25 years, we're not destined to work together. We're not a good fit. We're a good fit in other ways, but not a good fit in working together. I gotcha. So it lasted three weeks. Well, listeners, this would be a good one because um, living and working with your partner, so not business partners, we're going to talk about life partners uh, in this episode because as business coaches, Ash, we've worked with a number of let's call them dynamic duos, those that uh, are both business and life partners. And uh, we've seen some amazing results with uh, those partnerships. And we also know that there's a lot of our listeners here that run their business solo and they don't work with their uh, life partner. And I guess for our listeners, um, Claire, who's my life partner and also the uh, general manager of the business, uh, we've we've been, I guess, living and working together for I'm have to think of how many years now, Ash, <laughs> but at least fifteen years on and off um, in various capacities. So I have a perspective on living and working with your partner. It sounds like, uh, given three weeks, you've probably got the flip side of that coin, <laughs> Ash. And of course, we've worked with dozens of people as well, and we've seen the ups and downs of it too. And I guess with this episode, it's a bit of an insight into perhaps should you do it, shouldn't you do it? Because I know there's a lot of mortgage brokers out there, Ash, we've dealt with this a lot where um, let's say it's one party who's the broker and we, we've we heard this a lot where that person's husband or wife becomes uh, sort of sucked into the business. You know, we've, we've heard a lot where the broker says, oh, Maybe my wife or my husband will help out for part-time, a few hours here and there as the business starts to grow. We've heard that a lot, haven't we? Yeah, we have, uh, James. And look, it, it, it really is an important topic, you know, because, I mean, I'm sure there are some of our, our listeners who are single, but the majority of, of you guys listening into this episode are in a relationship of some description. So um, particularly in this modern world we live in of working from home, Zoom. You know, we are at home a lot more. But even if you're not working with your partner within the business, there's certainly the two worlds. Um, you know, to borrow a Seinfeldism, you know, those two worlds have collided. <laughs> uh, 
uh, whereas in the past, your work world and your home world used to be a fair way apart. So something that I'd like to just, you know, dive into just from my perspective just for, for 30 seconds is, um, and I hope this really relates to, to, to listeners, is when I got, uh, when my wife came in, you know, my wife got involved in my business, it was very early on, and by my own admission, I wasn't very systemized, didn't have any other team members, was just a broker working my backside off. This goes back to that early stage, James, we've spoken about where I was doing lots of loans but hadn't built teams yet. It was just me running hard on my own. Um, so I got my wife involved really almost as an emergency. Um, she had left her job working in retail. Um, so I, I guess the circumstances fell into place that it did make sense at a high level. But my problem was I hadn't worked out any systems. I hadn't worked any, out any roles and responsibilities. I just needed someone to come into the business to help me. And, and that's where it fell over because I don't think it's just because it was my partner. I think I would have lost any employee that I would have hired at that start, at that stage, because it's like, I need help. Can you just do everything for me? <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, that's pretty much what it was like. And my wife, you know, she's got backwards in being forwards. It lasted about three weeks and she said, ah, this is not for me. You know, because yeah. it, it wasn't stuff that she enjoyed doing, right? That's the point I'm making is I hadn't, because I hadn't systemized and compartmentalized or segmented my business, I wasn't able to sit down with her and say, here's the different things I need. Do any of these interest you? And that was a problem. Yeah, I get you. I mean, I I know that this is one of the biggest mistakes that we see a lot of brokers make. It's exactly what you said before. It's I'm a busy broker. Let's just use you as an example. I'm the busy broker and uh, my wife was working part-time and there's a decision to, oh, maybe my wife will come and help me out, join the business. We see, we, we hear this a lot, whether it's, you know, male, female is irrelevant. Um, but it, to me, that's where the mistakes start from day one and not necessarily what you did, Ash, but what we see um, out in the marketplace. This is probably the biggest mistake that uh, just because someone's your husband or wife and they might not be working, that they can suddenly turn around and help you in the business. Um, we, I find that's the biggest problem, Ash, that it it's done out of a that sort of stress necessity and not a planned out decision it's kind of like i'm so busy i need some help maybe my wife and my husband can just step in and help but mm. the big issue we've seen with that is that they're not always on the same page and it's not always defined so and and maybe a lot of our listeners will be nodding and knowing exactly what we mean by this but there's a big difference between working together in a business and it's joint like you are both showing up to work every day or between these hours there's a big difference to uh maybe my wife will help out a little bit now that's where we see it break down a lot ash is because the partner is sort of verbally or supposed to help but then invariably what happens is they prioritize other things and they don't actually do those tasks we've seen that a lot haven't we Oh yeah, there is. There can be a big difference between mutual expectations, a hundred percent. You know, and that was where I fell foul. And and you know, even amongst all the, the people that we work with, James, the, you know, the couples um, that are successfully executing, um, you know, working together in their business, um, for all of them, 
you know, that they've resolved into a structure where each party knows what the other one's job is and they trust and accept each other. There's compatibility issues, of course. I mean, you know, um, you know that, that you want to make sure that you're you're compatible in the workplace because you're going to be working in close proximity to each other. So everyone might have their own individual opinion of, about that, but generally most most partners are compatible with each other. Otherwise, they wouldn't be partners, right? Um, so we just assume that that's the case. Um, so my, my sort of general default here is that. It's much. It works much, much better if your business has gone through some sort of strategic or system-based review, similar to what we do with our members, James, very early on. We know that's the very first thing we do with new members is to get deep into a strategic uh, dissection and uh, map of where, what their business needs to look like to achieve their aims. And within that, you know, roles, responsibilities get teased out and identified through um, certain processes. And I think once that's done, then it becomes much, much easier to sit down with your partner and say, hey, here's what, here's where the business is going. Here's the holes in the team. I need marketing or I need processing or I need something that's client-facing or I need something behind the scenes. Then you can go, well, I'd actually enjoy doing that because let's be honest, listeners, no one's going to stay working together, partner or otherwise, for very long if they don't enjoy the work. Yeah, that's a really good. It's a really good point, um, and that's that's probably one of the biggest keys as well for me. Having done this for a, a number of years, is to really make sure that the work is separated uh, a little bit, like uh, thinking about maybe thinking about the business as a front stage and backstage environments. For example, let's in the mortgage sphere, let's let's imagine that front stage is going out, wheeling and dealing partnerships, seeing clients, meeting clients, things like that, and doing the deals, bringing in loans. And backstage might be admin, processing, client follow-up. Maybe it's all the marketing efforts and client nurturing that goes in behind the scenes. Maybe it's systemization and a lot of other things that happen backstage in a business. The key to working with your partner, living and working with your partner, is to make sure that if let's say you as the broker, if you're out there front stage doing your thing, then don't go backstage and start trying to drive. Like stay out of backstage. And for me, it's really clear for partners to have a line in the sand. This is what you're doing and what you're in control of. This is what I'm doing and I'm in control of. And that's actually where we see the best partnerships where um, it also starts with a clear, as you said, plan that, but for me, it's even one step further that if the partner's going to come into the business, they have to be in. There's no, maybe I'll help. It's a bit ad hoc when I've got free time. That ends up actually being worse. I mean, how many people have we seen, Ash, where they've said, oh, my husband or my wife is going to help out casually part-time and they end up just getting busy and doing their other thing and it never actually happens, um, which is actually worse for that broker. Like that broker should just go on and hire somebody. Whereas yep. there's this danger zone of the comfort of just being able to use your partner for some overflow work, but they're not really invested in the business. Oh, yeah, I'll help, but they never do. So for me, it all starts with there has to be a clear decision that they're going to join the business and they're going to treat it like a 
a non-negotiable job that they're going to show up to. Um, oh, that, to me, that to me drives everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, you, you made a great analogy before, James, which I think is a really good frame, I guess, for listeners to take away from this, and that is the, the whole on-stage and backstage. Um, my partner, you know, uh, coincidentally enough, uh, is uh, somebody who's been involved in amateur theatre for a long time. So I've had a lot of work to do um, backstage. You know, so that, I, I'm, that backstage and onstage, those those worlds interact with each other, but you never see the actors trying to tell the backstage what to do and woe be gone if the backstage try and tell the actors what to do um, and get in their way. And then you've got a stage manager who manages the backstage and a performance manager who manages the front stage. So there's very clearly defined roles. People fall into the role that suits their personality and their nature. And I think that's the point that I'd like to emphasise from your, you know, wonderful analogy, James, is, you know, if you're going to get your partner involved in your business, be as clear as you can be about whether it's an onstage or backstage role and make sure your partner's got the opportunity to give you feedback about whether that's something that suits their nature. Yeah, and obviously give them the control and authority to run with and make that better and manage it and not have you <clears throat> micromanage, and that's another big mistake. Um, so I guess for me, there's one other thing I want to touch on, Ash, I guess, as part of this conversation. And we've talked about having a clear decision that the partner is going to be in the business and not just a they'll help out when they can. So that clear decision is number one. Then, as you said, part of the conversation was there needs to be a plan about who's doing what, who's in charge of what, and obviously playing to your skills, playing to your partner's skills is, is super valuable. The, the next thing, I'd the, the last part I guess I'd like to touch on briefly is uh, the work environment as well as the separation between work and life. So if you're living and working with your partner, and, you know, we're recording this dur during COVID time. So a lot of people are working from home, um, which might be different to the regular arrangement. You know, you might normally work from an office. So having done this for many years, I guess I would just say to listeners, be really clear about the work environments, uh, whether that's at home or in an office. And probably the most important one when you're living and working with your partner is having clear separation between work and life because it can very quickly result in talking about work at night and on the weekends and over lunch and over dinner. You might start talking about that loan or that client or that partner. And although, you, you know, you, you might be both super into the business and love talking about it, um, I think it's, it is really important for partners who are together first and foremost as partners, not business partners, to make sure that there is that clear separation. And when you're at work, you're at work. But when you're not at work, whether that's lunches, nights and weekends, you have lines in the sand where it's like, we don't talk about work after hours. Um, and because otherwise, it's a bit of a slippery slope, Ash, I think, to... Um, you know, you don't want to blend the two too closely because the dynamics aren't always very good. So that's, I guess, all I'd say on that. I'm, I'm not sure if you have any experience on the 
work-life separation um, in just the three weeks. But uh... <laughs> well, look, it's yeah, and it is a very individual thing too. And your advice there is is very um, insightful, James. I think every individual couple would make their own judgment about the overlap between life and business and what works for them. But your point about being clear about it is, is um, well made. I, and perhaps maybe as a bit of a wrap-up on this, there's one aspect to this that um, hasn't been mentioned, which I'd like to throw in now, which I believe is the glue that holds the whole thing together. And that is your if your partner's going to work in the business, then you really need to be on board with the business strategy. Where are you trying to go? Like, what is the end game look like? And we talk about this a lot in business, about how important it is to begin with the end in mind. And by end, I don't mean, you know, uh, I'm getting out of the industry or I'm getting out of the business necessarily. But it's this, I think, James, you know, we call it the ideal business or the business that works with or without you. I think it's really, really essential for before your partner comes to work with you in any capacity that they're on board with what you're building. You know, what is the purpose for this? Why are you hiring staff? Why are you working hard? Why are you, why are you engaging coaches? Why are you doing all of these things? Oh, it's because we're building a business that allows us to spend more time with the kids or to travel or to set ourselves up, you know, all of the above. For me, that's almost the first discussion that precedes all the other discussions is to get your partner involved and with buy-in, I guess, as to what you're building together. That is what I see amongst James, the, the couples that we work with as members, all of them, all of them. I think if you separated out one partner or the other and asked each of them separately what your business vision, vision is, we'd get the same answer from both of them. And that's a really, really powerful um, connector that means that, you know, you're, you're both working to the same outcome. You know, if the going gets tough or the work gets a little bit tiresome, or that you know you have the odd little conflict here and there. If you can always reference it back to what you're building together as a team, you've got a far, far, far greater likelihood of it being a harmonious and productive partnership. I love that. Yep, I think I couldn't have summarised it better, and that's that is a, a massive key. That because things aren't always going to go smoothly, if there isn't a bigger picture why or purpose of why you're getting into business together as well as being life partners, then it can be, it can very quickly fall apart. So, um, and I guess I'd extend that, Ash, to all of our listeners that might not be thinking about working with their partner or not even have a partner. Um, I think it's really important, regardless of whether you're going to work with your partner, that your partner, if you have one, is on board with your end game and is there to support you on your mission or per, you know purpose in building what you're doing because you know whether you work with your partner or not listeners you're going to need the support of everybody around you as you grow your business so whether you're looking to work with your partner or not the very least you can take away from this conversation is to make sure you share what you're doing and your goals and your purpose and why with a, a key close contact or partner of yours um, to make sure you've got that support. So that's really valuable, Ash. Um, I think there's a lot in this conversation to take away. And for those that are thinking about working with their partner, hopefully they've listened to this before they do it. 
And if they're already working with their partner, I'm sure there's some uh, actionable aha moments to go back to the drawing board and get on the same page with their partners. And I think we can uh, solve a lot of headaches, Ash, with this short conversation. So it's been fun. Yeah, it's a ripper, James. And I really hope everybody takes something valuable away into their discussions with their partner about this. And maybe my last suggestion for any of you guys, um, uh, whoever you are, is challenge yourself. Go and ask your partner to ask you what your business vision is. You know, if you can't describe your business vision and what you're building to your partner in a minute or two, you probably don't have one. So it's a great place to start for me is to is to just test yourself. Do you know, is your business vision and your reason why and your purpose well rounded enough that you can actually explain it to your partner? If it's not, you probably need to seek some direction and maybe some advice on how to do that. Um, because I, I think that's where it goes wrong most of the time is, and it's certainly what, what went wrong for me 20 years ago was getting my wife involved to support me in the business, but without really knowing in my own mind what we were actually building. Mm -hmm. Big mistake. Yep, 100%. Thanks, Ash. Well, listeners, you've got some work to do. Go and have a think about that and uh, go back to the drawing board if needed. And uh, Ash, as always, it's a pleasure having these chats. Looking forward to our next episode. Listeners, can't wait to see you next week. See you, Ash. Good one, James. See you next time. Thanks for joining this episode of Mortgage Broker Acceleration. It's now time to grow your mortgage business, your income, and your lifestyle too. If you want to accelerate and learn from the best, head over to brokerworkshop.com and join the next deep dive training with James and Dash. That's www.brokerworkshop.com. Until next time, go get them.